Matt for singing the truth to us this morning. Amen. Children, you can be dismissed to young disciples this morning. And if you're visiting with us this morning, this is our uh, children's ministry, first through sixth grade. And they're headed out uh, two Sundays a month to learn, to grow, to be challenged, to worship. Wonderful. Take a moment, check your cell phone if you will. Make sure it's quiet. As you're doing that this morning, I want to uh, ask Amanda Hall to come. If you were here last Sunday, you know that God had spoken to her about um, moving out in a, in a ministry that was kind of spontaneous. And several people have asked me, and I know her this week, so how did things go last Sunday? And uh, I'd like her just to share a little bit about what the Lord did through that ministry last Sunday. Amanda? First of all, um, I was completely overwhelmed with how things went. Um, by the time that we were ready to leave here, just after 3 o'clock on Sunday, we had an idea of where we wanted to go um, because the Lord had been placing that same burden on some other people's hearts as well. So I might have been the one who stood up here, but I was just a little part of that piece of what God wanted to do last week. We left here with 18 55-gallon trash bags, literally this big, those big can liners that we used. Um, actually, the church gave them to us because we didn't know how we were going to transport everything. We had uh, 18 of those. They were filled with blankets, men's jackets, women's jackets, hats, gloves, scarves, some sweatshirts and sweaters, and then we also had some hand warmers and lip balm and things like that. Um, we went and we kind of loosely said we'll start around the area of Haven of Rest and just kind of see what happens. So we get there and there's like no one in sight. <laughs> there's not a soul down there. And I thought, okay, it's, it's all right. God's going to tell us what to do. Um, I will say I was a little worried that nobody else was going to come and I was going to have all this stuff and Tom and I were going to have to try to figure out how to hand it all out. Uh, Fourteen people all together came down. And so this is from Saturday morning, God speaking to my heart. Me put, put, putting something on Facebook at maybe 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. Me standing up here at 11 saying by 3 o'clock I want to be out of here on Sunday. And God did all of that in that short little time. Um, because we were obedient and because we all listened to his voice and did what he asked us to do. So we went down. There was one guy standing in the park. Uh, I think it's called Grace Park. And I said to my husband, I'm like, hey, take some guys over there and just say, hi, we have some stuff, blankets and coats and stuff. Do you know anyone who needs them? I go, we'll just start there. We'll just see what happens. And what happened was that we had probably groups of maybe five or six guys at a time that would just come. We had our cars lined up on the road with our trunks open. And we just had the blankets in this one and the jackets in this one and the other stuff in another vehicle. And everyone who was there was just willing to just do whatever was needed. Uh, to talk to someone. Um, there was nothing to be pushy about. There was nothing to push. There was no agenda. It was just giving without any thought of anything in return. And so we handed out, um, we met some guys who said, hey, I don't need a blanket, but I need a jacket. Or I need a jacket, but I don't need any, well, I won't say socks, because everybody needed socks. 
But um, people only took what they needed. I saw no greed. Um, I think that everybody, anybody who was there would say that. There was no one who came up and just took two or three of everything. Um, so we kind of stood out there for a while. We met a couple guys who were pretty friendly who had said that they would take us around to see if we could find some other people who were not going to be coming inside uh, for the impending uh, cold front. And um, we had this little wild goose chase where we drove under the bridge, and there was like six cars. It was kind of funny and hilarious, and there wasn't one person outside. Um, but we found out later that a lot of that is because the police had taken a lot of those um, makeshift places that the people stayed down. And um, I think it was in the hopes to drive them in. Um, the good thing is, is uh, they network pretty well down there. So once somebody said, hey, there's some stuff, come get it, we had people, pretty steady stream of people that came. Um, all in all, at the very end, uh, my father had come down as well, and he had a contact at Haven of Rest because they're really not open to receive donations and stuff on a Sunday. And so he had went in and said, can my daughter come and talk to you because she has some stuff. And I went in and I said, oh, we have lots of stuff that's left over. It was dark by this point and raining. And uh, I said, Could we, is there a place we can put it or something? I don't want to just leave it out. And he said, sure, we'll unlock this back door for you guys. You can bring it in and put it in front of the door. I'm like, I don't think you understand. We have like 200 blankets. We have 90 jackets for men. We have 40 jackets for women. We have a lot of stuff. And he said, just bring it. We'll make sure that the people get it. So we did. We hauled everything in. And I pretty sure that as happy as he was, the people who had to try to open their door the next day weren't very happy. We covered an entire um, entryway just full of stuff. And it was amazing. And God showed me through that that it was simply just a matter of saying yes. That's all it took. Yes, and me saying, okay, I'll give of my time on a Sunday. And Sunday's the worship time anyway. They're worshiping God by showing his love. So, that is just a little wrap-up to what happened. I am planning on going back, um, and I know several of the people who came down with us on Sunday, uh, just their hearts were touched as well. So I'm sure that I will be uh, updating you again, or there may be an announcement, some other point with some of the other things that are needed. But thank you so much for giving and just for allowing us to show God's love to our community. Amen. Thank you. feels good to say yes. It really does. When the Lord is speaking to your heart, when he touches your heart, it's, it's, it's good. It's good for the spirit to say yes to God. I want to continue a little bit of where we were last Sunday, only because I think the Lord is um, trying to um, speak something to us. And oftentimes, um, I don't know about you, but for me, it takes more than once. And uh, oftentimes when the Lord speaks, he'll speak again. He'll bring a word through someone else. He'll uh, bring a message on the radio. He'll bring a scripture. He'll do something to say, I'm saying something to you. I want you to get it. I want you to get it. And so I believe for Victory Life, the Lord is trying to speak to us a, a, a message, a word to us. And um, so uh, I don't say this in an apologetic way, but forgive my redundancy a little bit this morning. I mean, you might, if you were here last Sunday, say, well, you said that. You know, all that scripture was read last week. 
Um, I know that better than anyone, <laughs> that that scripture was used last week. But, you know, the Lord, when he wants to lovingly reinforce and get to our spirit, not just to our head, but get to our heart and spirit a message, he repeats. He, he, he causes that word to come about again. And so I just encourage you today um, to listen. And I know it's tempting as a person sitting in church. I, I've been a Christian for 46 years. I know you didn't think I was even that old, but I, I, I am. And uh, I've, sat, I've sat in lots of church services, some three and four a week when I was a child. I didn't go to church just once on a Sunday. And uh, so I've heard a lot of preaching, and I've heard a lot of messages, and I've heard a lot of scripture. And so I know what it is to sit in the seat and kind of zone out or think about your lunch or Tahiti or some warm, tropical, exotic place uh, where you wish you could be. But I just encourage you today, do your best to tune in. Because if we're talking about God's word, we're not talking about Pastor Cindy's word. We're talking about the word of God. Pretty high priority, wouldn't you say? That God is using his word to do some speaking to his people today. That's good news. We serve a God that's talking. <laughs> we don't serve a God who's, who's deaf or, or cannot speak or who's dead or who is a statue or who is an ideology in somebody's mind. We serve a God who's alive. And living people speak. Living personalities speak. Our God today in 2014, he's speaking. He's speaking to us. That's good news. I'm glad that I'm serving the God of the universe, the creator God, who has something to say to us today, something to speak to us. God, today, he's alive, he's aware, and he's involved in this world. And sometimes we look at this world and think God's taken a commercial break or, you know, he's looked away or something's happened. Certain things are unwinding around us. You know what? God's got it all under control. He, he's fully aware. He's fully involved in this world. He knows its conditions and he knows its problems and he knows its future. You know what? He's got it. He's got it handled. His plan it's still in place. He's not threatened by man's attitude toward him or the world's allegiance to other gods. He's not shaken up about that. He's not biting his fingernails. He's not nervous. He's fully aware. He's got a plan in place, and he's carrying that plan out. And you know what? He has the authority and the wisdom and the power to make sure his plan succeeds. He's God. And this God today, he's speaking to his children. He's trying to speak to his children. Why? Because God's a relational God. He wants relationship with us. He doesn't just want to be a God that's worshipped and served from a distance. He wants a relationship. Think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. What did God want to do? He came in the cool of the day. Why? To talk to communicate, to be present with his children. God's no different today. He wants a relationship. We use that word a lot. But I want us to think about that word today in a daily context. Not just, I've come into a relationship with God through Christ. He's forgiven my sins. I'm saved, period. 
But I've come into a relationship with God through Christ. He's the Savior. I'm saved. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I belong to him. I have a relationship. He hears me, and I hear him. I have a relationship with him. God's relational. He wants us to know what he's saying. He wants us to get it. He wants us to hear it. If there's any voice that you need to hear, it's God's voice. Over what your husband says, over what your wife says, over what your employer is telling you, over what your Facebook friends have to say, over your friends at Candy Crush. Pastor Cindy, how do you know what that is? Oh, I know. I know a few things. I know a few things. I've been called the Facebook stalker. You know what that means? We'll just leave it at that. God has a message that he wants to get to you over the calls on your cell phone, over the texts that you receive, over the Instagrams, and over the tweets. God's trying to get something to you. That's more important than all of those other things. We take priority over those other things so much. I mentioned it last week, how that a text or a phone call can supersede a face-to-face in some people's list of priority. Uh, Excuse me a minute while I talk to the box. You know, God comes calling. He comes to speak to us. Uh, Just a minute, i got to talk to the box. I got an Instagram, uh, God, just just a second. Somebody's texting me. This is important. Oh, no, in light of the God of the universe speaking to your life, think about rating that. Not important. I need to hear God's voice. You need to hear God's voice. Because when you and I hear his voice, then you'll know what to do with the other voices. When God's voice is paramount in your life, when it's first, first in the day, first in priority, then all the other talking heads and boxes that are coming at you, you'll know how to prioritize them. Without God's voice being first, everything else takes priority. Everything just talks over, right? Isn't that true? And so God's voice is important because his voice helps us prioritize all the other voices. God speaks in a lot of different ways. Biblically, in Psalm 19, it says that God speaks through nature. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament speaks of his power. Nature cries out to God. God speaks through nature to us. In Hebrews 1 One, it says that in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. At many times and in various ways, God used his prophets to speak to his people. And then if you continue in Hebrews 1, verse 2, it talks about, but now in these days and in these times, he's used his son. In fact, John 1, 1 and John 1, 14 talk about, and the word became flesh. The word. Isn't it interesting that God used the the name, the word, to attach to Jesus? He didn't say, and Jesus came among us. 
It didn't say, and Jesus was made flesh and dwelt among us. He says, it, it was the word. Jesus is the word. God's a verbal God. God's a talking God. God's a communicating God. He did so through his son, Jesus. And we see in the Bible, God communicates through really unusual things like burning bushes, like fleeces, like clouds, like a cloud of fire by night, like a donkey. Now, if you don't know the story about that, that's worth digging into the word this week and reading that one. When God speaks through a donkey. Remember, God can use the most unlikely people to speak a word to you. Don't discount the messenger if the messenger has the message. Don't discount, oh, they, you know, I know who they are, and, you know, God couldn't, God couldn't say anything to me through them. I mean, look at them. I mean, listen to them. Oh, my friend, don't discount an unlikely messenger. God may be trying to speak something through you, but you've discounted it because look at the messenger. God can use them. Primarily, and we're going to go back here for the remainder of the message this morning, primarily this is the way that God speaks to us. It's his word. In fact, in Amos chapter 7, verse 7, the word is called the plumb line. Okay, how many of you have ever done any wallpapering? Now, I know wallpapering is going out of style, but wallpapering, isn't it great? How many of you love to wallpaper? Maybe that's a better question. I didn't think I'd see any hands on that. Wallpapering is a nightmare. In fact, the more intricate the pattern, the more of a headache it is to wallpaper because you got more matching to do. Have you ever tried to wallpaper stripes without a plumb line? I've seen that done before. I didn't do it, but I saw how that kind of worked. You kind of eyeball that first piece, you know. It's, it's straight, you know. That ah, looks pretty straight. That ceiling tile lines up with that floorboard, and that's a straight stripe. Okay, great. Now we take that, and we match the next piece to it. And then pretty soon the stripes start going. <laughs> and all of a sudden this fan approach starts happening on the wall. It's like, what, what, what's going on there? I was just lining that one up to that one, and that one up to that one, and that one up to that one. What happened all of a sudden? We're out of whack here. My friend, in life, it's the same way. If we compare ourselves to ourselves, the scripture says, that's foolish. That's stupid. God says, here's the plumb line. Here's that chalk mark. You know, that you put on the wall. That's straight. I leveled it. I measured it. That's the plumb line right there. And now I go back to that every time. I measure what I'm doing against this every time. And it'll always be straight. That's why the word of God is so important in our lives today. Because even if we take the best example of godly living and we match our lives to them, that's not the plumb line. That's not straight. It may be good, but it's not straight. It's not the plumb line that God intended. It's his word. Turn with me to 2 
Timothy. We looked at this verse briefly last week, but I want to I want to camp out here for free, for a few minutes. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 When you have it in your Bible, look up at me when you're there. John, I'd like to have you put that on the screen if you would. 2 Timothy 3.16. I'd like us all to look at the screen this morning. I'd like to read together this verse. Let's read together. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we look at that verse, we know first and foremost that all Scripture is God-breathed, inspired. Answer yes or no with me as I walk through this list. Is the creation account inspired? Okay, this is group participation. It's okay to speak out in church most of the time. Is the creation account inspired? Is the story of Noah and the ark inspired? Is the description of Abraham's obedience in sacrificing Isaac inspired? Are the songs of David in the Psalms, even the laments of pain and questioning of God, inspired? Is the account of Jonah in the belly of a large fish inspired? Now, that's an important one, is it not? If you've heard in your sphere of influence questioning on that one, nod your head. I have. I have heard it among clergy. Clergy in this Akron area. Putting an X through Jonah. Because, come on. A man in the belly of a fish? I don't think so. Let's look, let's consider that uh, a story that we can glean a truth from. Let's consider this an analogy, not an inspired historical event. How about this one? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Not all the parents said? Yes. How about this one? Parents, do not exasperate, I'm not going to even say it. Yes, thank you. How about this one? Wives, submit to your husbands. I know, Now, now everything's breaking up on me. How about husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it? All the women say, yes. My friend, all scripture all. The ones that make us go, amen, hallelujah, inspired. And the ones that make us go, ow, ouch, convicted, I'm wrong. Instead of saying, well, that's not inspired, I'm going to do what I want. The role of scripture is to correct, to bring us back 
to the plumb line. Scripture is from God. It has life within the words. Why? All Scripture is, it said there, God breathed. God put himself in the Scripture. He didn't just have it written, but the word inspiration has with it the idea of breath. God breathed into the scripture. You hold today not just an ordinary book. You hold today a place where God has breathed into. God's life is in the word today. You know, no other religious book can be so described. You know, the Book of Mormon or the Quran or the Satanic Bible or others. There's not the life of God in those books. They had their origin in man. This book does not. This is God's breath. This is God's life. And because it is, there's power in this book. So that when you read it, and when you meditate on it, and when you study it, you are encountering the presence of God. You are encountering the breath of God. You're not just encountering rules and guidelines and thoughts and truths. You're encountering the living God. There's breath. There's life. In his word, the effects can be very powerful in your life. That verse, 2 Timothy 3.16, if you'll walk through it with me and look at it, it says that it is profitable or it is powerful or it is useful, the New International says. It is useful for some things in our lives. The first thing he mentions there in the King James, it says doctrine or teaching. The word of God, God's breath to us will say, this is right, this is wrong, this is true, this is false. This is what God is and this is what God is not, teaching. We don't take our cues about God's standards, morality, and person from anywhere else but the word of God. This is the only picture right here. The word of God is profitable for teaching. It's profitable for reproof or rebuke, some some, uh, translations say. And associated with that is conviction. To call us out when we're wrong. Oh, we love that. I mentioned this last week. Don't you just love to be called out when you're wrong, you know? I hate it. <laughs> I, just, I just hate it. And I, you know, for a lot of different reasons, and the message isn't about me. But we do. Our human nature, we don't want to be corrected. We don't want to be set, told, you know what, this, this way that you're in, the way that you're walking, the way that you're talking, the things that you're doing, the attitude that you have, it's not pleasing to the Lord. You need called out on that. And that's part of what God's word does. And that's part of the reason why we shelf it, why we put it down, why we leave the word of God, because we don't want to be corrected. We don't want to be reproved or rebuked or feel the conviction. My friend, the scripture says the Lord disciplines those he loves. If you're being disciplined by the Lord through the word of God, He's loving you. That's, an obje- that's a position of his love. 
It's a bad parent that goes, go do anything that you want, spend all the money that you want, say anything that you want, go anywhere that you want, do anything that you want, just go ahead. Some teenagers would go, oh, that's a great parent. I wish I had a parent like that. Oh, no, you don't. That's an unloving parent. A loving parent says, here's the way. Walk in this way. Let me instruct you and guide you and keep you and correct you and love you and instruct you and help you stay on the way. That's love. That's love. And we have a God that loves us like that. That says, you know what? That's not the way. That's not the decision. That's not the direction. Here it is. In fact, if we move on, it says not only correction, but also instruction. And that word is the same word that Paul uses when he talks about raising children, training children up in the way that they should go. Instruction in right living, in being right in your relationship with God, the way that you should go. Where do you find all that? It's here. It's here. Why is the church today so confused about marriage and so confused about parenting and so confused about money and so confused about how to make a decision and so confused about how to act in the workplace? Why is the church so confused about that? Because they've given up this. They've given up the word of God as the correction and the instruction, peace of our lives. My friend today, I encourage you, don't give it up. Don't give it up. Notice verse 17, there's blessing for those. It says there, Paul says, that you will be thorough and complete for every good thing. How do you get completed and thoroughly ready for all the good stuff that God has for you? To allow the word to do its work. God breathing through his word to touch your life and to change you. I've found in my life it takes humility to come to the Bible. It takes humility to come to the Bible. The Bible isn't a proving ground to verify who we are. It's a changing ground to change us into who he wants us to be. That's the, that's the position of the word. That, that's the role of the word in our life, to change us and mold us so that we look more like him and less like us. It takes humility to come to the word of God. It really does. One last verse, Hebrews 4, 12. If you'll go there with me. Hebrews 4, 12. Same thing, when you get there, look up at me. I'd like us to read this verse together. Let's read. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Wow. God's word. Because God has breathed these words to us. They are living and they are active, and they can penetrate. In other words, the word of God gets into your life when you allow it in. And the word of God can go deep. 
into your life. So deep that it can judge, we read it here, the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. It's a remedy for self-deception. We all think we're somebody that we're not. And the word of God, taken in, says, you're not that person. You think you are. But this is really the attitude that you have. This is really what's in your heart. This is really what you've been thinking about. This is really at the core of your being. This is it. And the word of God has the power to do that. Go right into those places. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It speaks into our heart about what our real motives are. Why? Why do we do what we do? Why is it that we act the way that we do, say the things that we do? The word of God has the power to show us and discern that. It discerns our real attitude, not the one that we try to parade to others that we have. This is where you not only read the word, but the word can read you. Have you ever been read by the word? I have. Oh, Lord, I just thought I was taking in some truth here. Oh, no, guess what? Here's what you need to hear. This is what your heart needs to hear. This is what your attitude needs to hear. This is what you're really thinking, and this is where you really are. Here it is. How in the world does a Bible have an power to do that? It's God-breathed. God's in it. It's living. It's active. Verse 13, if you're, if you're there in Hebrews 4, let's close up with this. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Let's start that again. Nothing, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Oh, you know that stuff in my room? Nothing. You know what I did outside? Nothing. You know when I was with my friends? Nothing. Nothing's hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Someday, Pastor Cindy's going to stand before the Lord. And I don't know if it's going to be on a scroll or on a smart TV or whatever the technology is at the time. But my life, is gonna, the credits are going to roll. The events are going to roll. The attitudes are going to roll. The condition of my heart's going to roll. And the Lord's going to say, what about that? Account for that. Account for that relationship. Account for that allocation of money. Account for that. It's going to happen. The scripture is true. It tells us it will happen. Nothing's hidden from God. But he uses the word of God, which is alive and active, to bring those things to our attention so we can bring them before him and allow him to do the work in us. The power of God is in his word. His voice is there. So how do we take that truth and bring it into Monday morning? How do we take that truth and bring it into Wednesday afternoon or Saturday evening or whenever it is that we're going to walk through this life in this next week? How do, we, how do we take that wonderful truth and say, how does that work out in my life? 
Ken Walter, I need you for uh, something for a moment because he's obedient and willing. He'll get right up out of his seat. Would you take a chair and just put it there and face facing the audience for me? Thank you. I'm going to give you, thank you, thank you. See, he was so willing. I probably should have had something else for him to do. I'm going to give you five things, and if you have a place to take some notes this morning, I want you to write these five things down. If you're not a writer, but you can remember an alliteration, I'm going to give you five letters. Q-O-P-R-O. And, you know, I tried to use my thesaurus and find something that was, like, easy to get. And either I didn't look far enough or uh, I couldn't find it. Q-O-P-R-O. That's how I'm going to remember it. Or quo-pro. Quo-pro. I know, Matt. You were onto that, weren't you? Quo-pro. Well, technically, it would be Q-U-O-P-R-O, right? (laughs) Quo-pro. How do I get in a place where God's word can live in me? Where God can actually speak to me and I can hear him. How does that happen? That's a good word, Pastor Cindy. I'm going to leave and go have lunch and come back next Sunday and hope you can give me something else to think about. Okay? How does this happen tomorrow? It happens like this. Number one, get quiet. That's the cue. Get quiet. That word is the hardest word for this generation than ever before. We have the noisiest of all worlds. Of all the worlds that preceded this day, this is the noisiest one. And I'm not just talking about what comes through the ears. I'm talking about what comes through the eyes. This is a killer for us sometimes, to get quiet. And some of you might think, how quiet? Quiet. Well, I kind of need the radio. Can I just have, I need a CD. I'm going to just leave the ringer on my phone, uh, vibrate. I'm just going to leave the screen up over here. I need the TV as background. Quiet. And we sit down in a quiet place, alone. Well, my wife and I are getting alone. Why? God will speak something different to you. He's working with you differently than he's working with him or her. So, quiet, alone, already, I'm saying hard things. Find a room, maybe you go to your car, because you think, ah, this is the only alone place I can find. Maybe, young moms, it's the bathroom. I've heard young parents choose in their house a mommy and daddy chair. What is that? I've heard parents say to their younger children especially, mommy and daddy have this chair. And when they're sitting in this chair, they're listening to God. 
and they're talking to God. Now, if you have an emergency, you can come and talk to us there. But until we get up, if there's not an emergency, I'd like you to read a book, watch a video, play a game, take a nap while I'm in this chair. This does two wonderful things, folks. This, first of all, gives you alone and quiet. Secondly, it's telling something to your kids. Your kids are thinking, Mommy and Daddy talk to God. And I know it because they're in that chair. And they told me that's what they're doing when they're sitting in that chair. My mom and dad have a relationship with God. They read the Bible, and they listen for his voice in that chair. Isn't that awesome? You're teaching your kids without teaching your kids. So number one, get quiet. Get quiet. You know what? God won't talk over you and your world to be heard. Remember last week we heard he has a still, small voice. As the noise comes into our life, God's not going to talk over all of that to get our attention. Oh, he's God. He can get a word to me. You know what? He can, but he won't. Most of the time, he's waiting for still, quiet, alone. And then you hear, through the word of God, the still, small voice into your life. Number one, get quiet. Number two, get open. Get open. And the way we get open is we welcome the writer and the author and the creator, the Holy Spirit, into the moment. Who knows better how to speak the word of God than the one who wrote it, right? The Holy Spirit wrote the word of God, inspired it. Welcome him, be open to him. In a simple way, say, Lord, I've come to this place to be alone with you. I open up my heart and my mind to hear you. I'm open for you to speak. Be open. Be open. No matter what it is that he would speak to you, be open. Number three, get personal. Get personal. God is going to speak to you primarily about you. Okay? Just remember that. Okay, Lord, I need a word for my children. You know, Lord, I need, a, I need a word for my husband. He's not doing this, so I got to get a word to him somehow, so give it to me. You know, that alone, quiet, open time, it's not for anyone else. It's for you. It's not so you can correct the person in your life that needs correction or get a word to that. God knows how to get words to people. He's trying to get one to you. He's trying to speak to you. So remember... The word that God's going to speak to you is personal. It's personal. He wants to teach you. He wants to rebuke you. He wants to instruct you. He wants to build you up. He wants to encourage you. He wants to show you the direction. It's you. He wants to speak to you. I I let my wife do all the, the spiritual things in our home. Shame on you. I let my wife tell us, you know, what the word says about things. Shame on you. And I don't say that just because I'm a woman. I don't have a husband to gripe about. It's the man's responsibility to be with God and hear from God for his life. 
and let that blessing spill out on his family. So, get personal. Number four, get real. Q-O-P-R, get real, okay? This can be more for those of us who are older Christians who know so much, okay? And I put myself in that category. I've known the Lord longer than most of the people have been on the earth in this room, okay? And I know, well, I know, I know the Bible, I've read the Bible, I know what's in there, I know what God would say to me. Oh, no, you don't. This is living and active and powerful and strong and unique for today. Unique for your life today. So it's time for us who are a little older in the faith to get real. To just get real. Okay? For those of us that are older, we think about our reputation, and we think about what people will think, and we think about, I can't confess that. We think about, I can't ask forgiveness for that. You know, if they knew about me and where I really am, who cares about all that? Who cares about all that? Where are you with God? Where are you with God, and what is he saying to you right now? What is he saying to you right now? That leads us to number five, get obedient. Get quiet, get open, get personal, get real, and get obedient. How do you keep hearing the voice of the Lord? By obeying what you've heard. By obeying what you've heard. If you have a place where it's like, I don't hear the voice of the Lord like I used to, there might be a chance that there's something that he asks of you that you haven't done it. We were talking about this in the elders meeting yesterday about, you know, how does God continue to speak to us collectively as a church, individually in our lives, by doing the very thing that he's asking of us now. God doesn't take side bunny trails. God doesn't jump over things. God says what he says, and then he wants movement, he wants obedience, and then when you obey, the next door opens, and then you obey, and the next door opens, and then you obey, and the next door opens. It's a string of obediences to what he says. So how does all of this happen for you Monday, January the 13th? Because relationship's a daily thing. Okay? Get alone. Get open. Get personal. Get real. Get obedient. And you will have the voice of the Lord speaking into your life. You'll be astounded by the things that he shares with you and speaks to you. So the Lord is trying to get our attention about listening to his voice. Listening to what he's saying and responding. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that because God has a lot of stuff he wants to tell you. He's got a lot of stuff he wants you to do. He's got a lot of blessing to pour into your life. How does that happen? By doing the things that I advised you to do. Opening up God's word. Finding that spot in the word. Take a devotional. Use a devotional. Find a, find a, a book of the Bible that you want to start to read. Take a gospel and start to read a gospel. Take the Psalms and open them up. Take a portion of scripture. Find a Bible study and use the scriptures that they're encouraging you to read. Anywhere will do. Any place to start or continue will do. And ask the writer of the word to speak that breath and that life into you. And I know he will. Let's pray.
Father, you want your children to hear your voice. You're speaking. You're speaking and you're asking us, my children, please get into a position and a place where you can hear me. Turn off the noise and listen for my still small voice and you will be astounded by what I will share with you. And so, Lord, you've asked us, you've impressed this message upon my heart today to bring. And, Lord, I know you're trying to use it in our hearts. Lord, will we? I pray that we will. I pray for each one here today. Lord, who knows you, is in a relationship with you. And, Lord, they're far from you because they're far from your voice. And they've been far from your word. And, Lord, that's okay because today things can turn around and change in this moment. Tomorrow can be a different day. Today can be a different day if we just come close to you and open your word and allow you to speak to us. So, Father, today I pray that your children would come close to you once again, open the pages of your word, and listen for your voice. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.